0: The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. Good afternoon, goons. Welcome back to another episode of Jack the All Trades. I'm here with Kaylin, as always, and Sam, our producer. And uh, a lot's going on in the world, right, Kaylin? Right now, <laughs> a, little a little bit, a little more crazy? than usual, <laughs> just a hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, you're, like, kicking off, start uh, chatting about this whole. Uh, You
0: know spectacular war that's going on yeah why don't why don't i start with the saying that i don't think the war should have affected the markets nearly as much as um it did um because look so i had a debate with this uh, with a buddy of mine online and i'm like realistically speaking you know okay so russia exports a lot of natural gas to europe well we're heading out of winter so natural gas demand is going to go down anyway and the rest of the world runs on oil so realistically speaking, what percentage of their GDP, what percentage of their economy is gonna be affected by some higher energy prices, right? They're like, it's not like Russia is the only exporter of natural gas, it's just gonna to have to get it for more, for more cost, right? And then, so what does that mean for the rest of the world? If Europe is uh, importing natural gas a, at a higher cost, what are they gonna do? They're gonna maybe tax imports more, make their exports more expensive. Like, I don't see how this is gonna, you know, like, like 2008, we lost $2 trillion overnight. Uh, because the banks collapsed Mm -hmm. and we survived that so what the fuck is this in comparison
1: yeah i don't i don't know i'm far from a commodities expert but i i think it's still just like that ripple effect man like i think regardless of specifically what it is like and what country is specifically affecting like obviously it's affecting europe a lot more than it would affect us like here for example but i think just that whole like that whole network is all just linked across the globe so it's it's i don't see how it couldn't affect us here. The amount it's affecting us is arguable because like, I mean, you know, we're here in Canada, we've been seeing gas prices like skyrocket for like quite some time now, like before we were been really hearing talk yeah. about uh, Ukraine. And like, you know, that's why we're, that's why a lot of people are joking on the internet right now. They're saying like, Oh yeah, I didn't do my, you know, my eighth grade math homework because of the war in Ukraine and like all this, you know, this stupid stuff that people are saying, basically it's just unrelated. So I think, I think there's an element of, Of a lot of governments kind of piggybacking on that, you know, ours, especially just saying, oh, yeah, see, this is why it's going up in the first place. Right. It's because of this. And meanwhile, it was going up before before this even started to happen or there was even talk about it. So I think there's an element of both. Um, I don't think it's one or the other, but it's uh, it's definitely going to affect everything. I don't see how it can't.
0: Yeah, it, just the other, the, the, my buddy, he was so, he, like, he, he had the idea this was, like, near Armageddon. He's like, oh, energy prices are going to go insane, and this and that. And I'm like, you have the number, I think the number 11 economy in the world attacking the number 57th. Okay, <laughs> and technically those two should be two spots lower because California and Texas alone rank higher. So, like, you got, like, 13 at, attacking 60. Like, what do the top 10 really give a fuck about?
1: Yeah, okay. it just it just depends on how much they export, right? Like how much of that actually affects our market. I, like I said, I don't know that. I'm not you know, I'm not a commodities expert, I'm a day trader, so <laughs> it's far far from my area of expertise. But like as far as the actual broader markets and stuff go, like what what do you think of of like do you think this has already been priced in or do you think we're still gonna see like some major market hits from this from this war going on? Like what are
0: your thoughts? It's gonna go on the daily over here. It looks like we had a pretty good recovery. When did we peak? Did we peak in December? Major, like major bounce back after that gap down. Yeah, we peaked in December, and like, what was that uh, recovery? Two days, six percent, like six percent for an S and like a year's worth of. Yeah, I actually bought. I bought
1: a. I bought a Russian, uh, a Russian ETF, like on the on the U.S. exchange. That's right. Yeah. So I threw a bunch of money at that because the Russian, like the Russian stock market dropped like 50% basically overnight. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to buy some of this because I just couldn't, I couldn't see how it doesn't bounce back to some degree on that. It was huge volume. So I ended up making, I think I made like 13 or 14% in like six or seven hours. And I was just in and out. That was it. I was like, you know what? I'm taking my money. I'm getting out. Cause right, right after that happened, I heard Biden saying he was, he was like, gonna start freezing a bunch of uh Russian stocks and all this kind of stuff. And he wasn't gonna allow them to trade it. So I was like, I'm just gonna take my, my 13, 14% and get out because I'm not gonna get stuck in anything like that. How,
0: how long was that trade?
1: It was like intraday,
0: right? It was like, you, you're yeah, like I bought it at
1: like, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 in the morning, like 10, 10 30. And then I sold it at like 3 in the afternoon.
0: And you're like, you, your day trading has made you sharp. Cause like when you mentioned them, like, that's not a bad idea. And I'm still contemplating it. And like, yeah. as I'm contemplating, you're already in and out of the entire movie. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, you can pull it up
0: there on your screen. It's a RSX is the ticker,
1: just a Eck Russia ETF. It just kind of follows like the Russian uh, market. I don't know like a whole heck of a lot about it. But if you go, go like, go to like the five minute chart. So you can see kind
0: of like the, the last two days. Five minutes. Uh... All right, let's see what we got here. Yeah, so see <laughs> where it
1: see where it gapped like way way down. Yep. So I basically bought it, um, like it had that big spike in the morning, like on uh, on the Thursday there, like after it gapped down, had that big spike in the morning, and then That's I basically right. bought it. Yeah, so I bought it when it dipped right down to fourteen seventy, like right where it opened, and then I just held at it, you know, because like I I wasn't expecting to do the trade in one day. Like the plan originally was to hold it for you know, potentially a couple of weeks or something if I had to. Um, so I got, I, I just went in at 1470 there and then, you know, it kind of dipped down to the, you know, 1390s or whatever through the day. And then the whole rest of the day it just trended up and up and up. And I ended up s- selling, I think around like 1640 or 1650. Like I almost got right at the top there right in the afternoon. And I think it was like, what what is that? Like 13 or so
0: percent, something like that. 20 well, from the lows, from the absolute lows, it was twenty percent. But uh, yeah, so I, w- I was fourteen
1: seventy to sixteen forty or sixteen fifty. Thirteen, something. thirteen 132 percent ish. Yeah. So yeah. So thirteen percent in you know a day. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll take that. Because <laughs> I remember you were texting me because I was in a I was in a meeting that morning, so I wasn't paying attention to anything. And uh, and you texted me and you're like you're like shit Tesla gapped down to like seven hundred dollars and by the time I checked it was already up to like seven fifty and I was like okay, it was like I missed that like cause I I would have bought that trade right because we were talking about the day before and then uh, I was just I was I was just looking on Instagram and I just saw a Bloomberg article that was like that said that the Russian uh, the Russian markets were down like fifty percent and I was like oh I didn't even think of that so I went and I started doing some quick research and found this one and it was tracking it and it was on the American exchanges so I was like okay I'm not gonna put my mus-
0: my money in Russia and then uh figured I'd take a bit of a shot at it did you see something in the chart that made you confident in that move uh like it, with the with the entry and anything like is this is something no, that- no, nothing specific I just wanted to get it close to like where
1: where it opened that day and then uh like like I said I mean I was I was I was prepared for this to be like a couple weeks or like a couple months even like I just I you know I just knew that when things like this gap down that hard. And I mean, like, if you go back to the daily, like we were, we were basically at like at like COVID lows for the Russian market and, you know, like 2016 lows, like it, it was right around like, like a major support area for a lot of like crisis that we've had over the past, you know, 10 years. So I just figured that that was probably as good a time as any to buy into it. But that was pretty much it is I was just, you know, it was a bit more of a gamble, I guess, than I, than I usually
0: like to do. but (laughs)
1: <laughs> it still seemed it still seemed reasonable
0: well if you're gonna gavel that's how you want to do it just a smash and grab you don't want to sit there like to see if like if I get, you know you can get any more the house is going to take your money
1: yeah well that's what i said like i i, I was thinking like i was going to hold it a little bit longer originally like you can see like you sold off the next day again but like i was originally going to hold it a bit longer but then like once i saw that biden was saying he was going to start like freezing trading to russia and stuff like that i was like i'm, I'm out i'm not i'm not gonna get involved in anything like that
0: Look at that, Fib. Good old Fib. Right <laughs> I think it might drop down to maybe one six one eight on Monday, but
1: yeah, Man. I'm not about to try and start trading a Russian market in the middle of a war. <laughs> you know what?
0: I, I I did find something. I, I'm gonna I want to show you guys. Um, it's on the other screen. I'm just gonna move it over. This apparently is the market performance. Um, of the of the last five five wars. So. This okay. was like the first strike these the, the gray areas were all basically the first strike, okay. And so, with the exception of Afghanistan, the market did significantly they did quite well afterwards april, october, september that that was rated at nine eleven though, was not that? that I can't really read it very well. oh, uh, this, this one the afghan
1: yeah, that what was that?
0: october oh one, yeah October one. Yeah, so that could have that could have been a big uh, a big oh, effect. You know there. what? Isn't that the um uh, the dot com bubble too?
1: Um,
0: yeah, it was the on problem. the tail end of it.
1: It was kind of like the dot. I think it. I think the dot com bubble kind of kind of broke in two thousand. Because like September two thousand one was the nine eleven attacks, right? So like I'm just thinking if that that looks like it's kind of like September October where that big sell off was. So if you're combining, yeah. Like, you know, you're combining the like the, literally the world trade centers collapsing is a massive hit on the stock market in general. So that's probably why that one sold off. I, don't, I think that probably had more to do with it than the actual war, to be honest, if, if all those other ones continued up in comparison.
0: You know what? That's the um, that's the that's the thing that makes it stand out yeah. of, the, of the five. That was the only one where the America got attacked. They weren't doing the attacking.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was the World Trade Centers too, which obviously has a lot to do with the stock market. <laughs> so of course the stock market would be f- spooked. Yeah, like, that's yeah. interesting though, I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. That's pretty interesting that you just kind of get these little dips and then it carries on back up. Because like those those things, like in my mind, those things are always priced in ahead of time, right? Because like like we've been hearing about the talks of, of Russia and all this stuff for like what, like probably a couple months now maybe. So like as as soon as you start hearing that chatter, like people start pricing that in, right? Like as soon as you start hearing that people are going to start moving their investments around, you know, buying defense stocks, selling certain things, like whatever they're going to do. And then you get kind of like this, this rotation of money, and then you're going to see that, that sell off. So when, when, you know, the hit and the news actually happens, it's not quite as big of a, quite as big of a shock. It's almost like, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news. It's basically the same thing. It's almost like sell
0: the rumor, buy the news. Like, (laughs) kind of the opposite and something like this it seems like yeah you know what you just made me think like i bet you not this time but like i bet you most times like the pros probably just got out first no because they they got you know they're sensitive to this kind of information like weeks months ahead mm-hmm. and i bet you that last little dip is just retail and just you know whoever else is stragglers yeah and so like it's it was the professionals that bought the dip so once again, like retail, like just gave, just unloaded their bags for a yeah. discount into like the pros. Does that make me a professional then? since I bought the dip? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes you a band. I got band. Bitcoin too. I got
1: Bitcoin almost right at the bottom there too. I mean, made, made uh, like almost 20% on that in a day, I think.
0: I think it was I the same was. day actually. I think it was the same day. It was the same day, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was,
1: yeah. It was a good day for me. <laughs> it
0: was a good Thursday. <laughs> you, uh, you, you smoked my, my orders. My average buy for Bitcoin is like 38, you bought it like 35, like a whole 10% lower. Yeah, man, rookie,
1: come on. Gotta
0: get on level here. Hey, beginner's <laughs> luck, you know.
1: No, you wanna show me, go to Bitcoin. I'll show you why, why I picked 35. All
0: right. <laughs> no, 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 this is, this, this, so this is the, what the funny thing is, right? I didn't pick up any Bitcoin that day. I picked it up uh, weeks earlier, and the reason, and the thing is I had an order at 35. It didn't look like it was gonna go down. So I bought it at 37. I was like, okay, it's not gonna happen. And it ended up like totally happening.
1: Yeah, I was just being super patient. Cause I like, like the Bitcoin I'm buying now is for like investment. Like it's for like long, long-term. So I wasn't, I wasn't
0: in like any sort of rush to to try and hammer into it. All right, what are right, we we're in the four hour. What, do you, what time frame you want uh, to see? I go to the daily.
1: Yeah, just zoom in just to that. Yeah, that last little bit. So if you can see, like see in the end of January there, like that last high volume dip. This one? Uh no to the left, like the lower one. Yeah, those those ones right there. So those bottom two candles, like right where those bottom two candles close, that was basically what I was looking at. I kind of ignore I kind of ignore I kind of ignore the wicks for that sort of stuff. So like those bottom candles close like almost right at 35. Like we had the red candle close at thirty five, and the green candle open right at thirty five, and they were both right around pretty high volume after a sell off. So I looked at that, and I figured, all right, thirty five.
0: <laughs> Remember, I told you uh, last year, thirty five is a pretty big number.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, of, you, of- even, if you, even if you scroll out, I mean that like that that area has been like a lot of money's turned around in that area for a long time too.
0: So you see right here, yeah, right here. Because I, <laughs> I don't know if he's listening, but i remember brandon jumping out there at 35 he was like because we were chilling all summer and he was talking about uh he was cheering on crypto it's like i'm making so much gains from ethereum and bitcoin and this and that and right at that time he's like i'm not feeling it man i think i think this is the end so then he jumped out wisely he he took a huge profit right yeah but then then the thing ran to like 36 uh 665 and that's when he started saying like short this thing and you know just yeah yeah. and all bearish i mean it it looked pretty
1: like overextended at that point i mean look at that chart man you're just straight up straight up straight up and you're you look at the volume too like you're going straight up into higher volume like that's a pretty picture perfect reversal setup
0: see this is what's crazy about bitcoin though right It, it clearly peaked here right the volume started declining and everything but even though it peaked there it still did like 60 like 60 something percent like yeah
1: you can see it in the candles, though. Like, you can see it in the candles because, like, when you had that that green candle there, like, right at that 35 run-up, that first one, so that candle, that's not a reversal candle. It's on really high volume, but it's got a bigger bottom wick, right? So that shows... That's just kind of, like, indecision, call it, with a little bit more buying pressure. Then you go to the next candle, the red one, which is about the same volume, that's got a monster bottom wick. Yeah. So that's all buying pressure. And then same with the next one. So, like, you you can you can kind of, like like if you sold out on that move and then you saw that you could almost start buying back in
0: because yeah, like yeah. you're not really, you're not really seeing like the rejection and the price action. Yeah. I I agree. Like this whole time you see this starting to form a, a ceiling. Like there's, there's starting to be real sellers and there's buyers are yeah. probably FOMO people, but there's some real selling happening. Yeah. And, and you know what happened this, this shouldn't have happened, but this happened because of Elon and his um Tesla, taking Bitcoin like that, this all literally right. was because of him. Right. It shouldn't have happened. Right. But e- but even
1: so, like, if you look like in that little box you drew there, yeah. like that very, that very first red candle, like that, that is all buying pressure on that. Right. Like that's, that's like a reversal yeah. to the upside candle. Yeah. And then if you look at the, the green candle, like two to the right of that, the, that one is actually, a, that's a, that's a reversal candle to the downside, but the volume is less. Than the other candle that shows more pressure to the upside.
0: So this is more like a doji, it's like undecided. Yeah, but it's it's still yeah. heavier on the bottom. Like if I saw that, I would consider that a reversal. If it was the highest
1: volume, but it, that, but that's what I'm saying is it's not the highest volume. Right, right, right. So it doesn't hold as much weight, right? Volume, volume. Oh, like you look at anytime I look at these sort of things, I always look at. Like, what's the candle showing me? And then what's the volume telling me? Because the candle without the volume is irrelevant.
0: So I'm going to add to that because you're you're absolutely right. Like, look at this one. Usually, you know, uh, a hammer is like a reversal candle, right? You got this giant wick it's buying, but it's got no volume. And then look what happened afterwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, com- but that, but that's a lot of the time when you get those moves is because people that don't know how to read charts, they'll just, you know, you, it's like, we've talked about this before. You go on Google and you just see the generic, like yeah, if you see this candle, it means this. If you see this candle, it means that. Well, they don't talk about volume, right? So you get a lot of, especially something like Bitcoin, when it's at highs and everybody's talking about it, you know, you'd know, you see something like that. And all the people that don't know what they're doing, they go, oh, I've seen this candle on Google. So I know that it's going higher. And then everybody buys it. And then they don't realize there's no volume. So when it starts to sell off, they all panic and you get that big dump, right? So it's yeah, just the, yeah. it's the psychological side behind it that we always talk about is being able to, being able to read the emotion through the chart is what's going to make you a good
0: trader. There's that, and I think, well, adding to that, I think it's because they, they 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 don't know the context. Like you're right. Like did you see like individual candles, maybe groups of candles, but we're looking at the whole chart as well. We're reading the whole thing, right? Mm. It's context. They don't have any.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why, like, it, once you get good at reading charts and stuff, it's like you know you can look. let's it's like we do. We just glance at it and. I'm, like immediately you and I can look at something like this and we see a million different things that we could play off of, right? Which is because we've been staring at these things for thousands of
0: hours. <laughs> Usually when I, when, something, when I pick something up, the, my, the words out of my mouth is, oh, shit. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't catch good stuff. I always catch bad stuff. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it works though, man. Where do you think it's headed? after this this is like so undecided there's no traditional chart patterns forming. it's forming just it's really kind of in um uh, I still I, I honestly still think it's going to whip down a little, little bit I, I really like
1: i still think it's going to whip down in the 20s like to some degree um just because of like the made. like if you go i can't like we we're having we were having trouble with my share screen so i can't pull my my screen up but like if you can kind of zoom out if you take it out of log and then kind of zoom back to where you can see March of 2020 all the way up till now. Just on like the daily chart or whatever.
0: Okay. That way back. March 2020 is here, right there. Yeah. So if you can kind of
1: like zoom that, like just kind of stretch that up a bit so you can sort of see like the trend line. Oh, you want to draw yeah, a trend line? Yeah, if you draw like a ray line off of the bottom of that dip there, like up, yeah, yeah, right there. Like that That to me is like, is the move. Like that's the front side of the move right now. So in my mind, like I can see us kind of puttering along a little bit sideways for a while. And then since we have so much support in like the $30,000 range, I could kind of see something where we like, where we kind of whip below 30000 into this trend line. And then once we sort of base on that trend line, that's when I think we're gonna start kind of slowly moving back up again off of that line.
0: you You know what? There's a possibility we just kind of meander like for most of the year and then like just kind of tap the line here, which is like maybe maybe here like thirty. yeah, yeah, that's
1: like it could be either of those two options. Like I, I see this sort of stuff all the time, and like what I trade and you're exactly right. you get you usually get like one of the two things, you either get like a sharp kind of drop into it and it bounces off and then it kind of bounces up on it and then it starts to pull away from the line again or it just literally just goes sideways and sideways and sideways until it touches it and then it, and then that uses that to kind of kick it back up again or if it's really bearish then as soon as it hits that line you get a big dump down
0: right so i uh i remember i remember um saying on my instagram the other day this 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 was the day that uh, the reversal on this i think this was friday <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Saturday, right? So Friday. Yeah, I remember um, writing on my Instagram like, you know, everybody that sold their Bitcoin, we salute you. <laughs> Thank you for filling your bags, or something like that. Like a fifteen percent, like uh, turnaround, man. It's like,
1: yeah, yeah, that's what I got. I got the fifteen percent or whatever in a day because I bought it when it when it washed down there.
0: So you did two trades, and you did a one ten percent ish, and then one fifteen percent, or no, thirteen percent and fifteen percent.
1: Yeah, thirteen and
0: fifteen in a day. <laughs> Not a bad day. Yeah,
1: most people make ten percent on their investments in a year, so I'll call that a win. I'm obviously not I'm obviously not trading the same kind of size as I do in my whole investment account, but you know.
0: I'm still weeping, man. So I was my order was off by two dollars and thirty-three cents, which was point something percent of the stock. And being off that, I missed a fucking seventeen percent move. So what what was your order what was the low? Uh six six ninety seven point three three or something like that or, or oh my seven, God. seven, yeah
1: you should have just gone like 702 or something man like just above that whole number
0: you know what? so you're going to get at me because it, i would i would not have this issue if i just made multiple orders right but <laughs> the problem is like so because i don't make multiple orders i make adjustments so when it's a bear market i undershoot if if i'm expecting it to be at 700 i'll go a little bit below if it's a bull market then i'll go a little bit above so i kind of like um uh, you know just kind of like front run right yeah but so right now i still consider it a bear market so i'm like i don't want any sh- I, I don't want shit at 700 i'll put a few bucks below it and see what happens right because usually right. it takes a little bit below there yeah so, yeah it does like how often actually does it get stopped at a full number like 700
1: uh, it depends i mean like you know i don't play stuff at that this ex- that's this expensive a lot of the time but like in my You know my three dollar and five dollar stocks it's like it's pretty common that you'll it'll hit like three dollars and fifty cents or like three dollars and 49 cents on like a spike and then come back down right because you gotta you gotta think like everybody's thinking the same thing right like in in my mind if i see a stock spiking and say it's spiking towards like four dollars for example it's at like you know it's in like the three high 380s then like you know i'll probably i'll think okay what are a lot of people thinking based on like the kind of volume I'm seeing coming in? And I'll say, okay, a lot of people will probably try and get in at maybe like 395 because they're thinking, okay, five cents below that whole dollar mark, you know, that'll kind of guarantee me getting in. So like, maybe I'll go like 394 because then I'm just going to, because I, I I know people are thinking that. So I'm just going to get just below them. Right. And make sure that I get in. Whereas if I put it right on $4, because I used to do that all the time and it would hit like, it would hit like 394 or 398 or 397 and then it would fucking tank back down like 40 cents and I missed my whole order. Right. So like, if anything, I would, I would maybe put like smaller orders in, like if you want to fan out over an area on like that example, like I might go like, you know, I might go like say three separate orders of the same size, do like 384, 394 and like 404 just in case it does like get that little wick through. And then I'm in full size. But if I just wanna go one shot, I'll probably do like 394. So like in this example, I probably would have done like, I probably would have done like 702 or 703 maybe. Like, because you gotta think too, a lot of people are gonna think the same thing and then they're gonna go 701. So I'll get just ahead of those guys, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, it stopped exactly at 700.39. It's like, yeah. no, sorry, it opened at seven thirty. It stopped dead on at 700, dead on. Oh, did it? 700 yeah this go. Is, does happen. <laughs> it, it really does. But this is um, I was just gonna say, this is what bothers me. Then, because you, what, the way you played it, it's exactly what I expect to happen. But then, <laughs> but then the reason it stopped at seven hundred, I think it's further proof that there's just too much retail on mm. uh, in, in the marketplace, right? Usually, their money doesn't have this kind of pull. They'll have a few, we'll have a few retail guys sitting at seven hundred because they're idiots, and then it'll blow past them into me. <laughs> that's normally what happens, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But this time it yeah. stopped dead on with them because it's just too much of the fucking mob. I think
1: Tesla's a, a little bit of a unique example, too, because it, it's like it's a very tradable stock. Like there's a lot of guys that day trade it because like there's enough shares. You don't have to pay for locates. And it, there's always volume. Like there's always patterns. It's always moving. Like there's always big moves. Like I know a ton of guys that day trade this. Like some guys like just exclusively trade Tesla, like literally seven days a week. That's all they trade.
0: I, I, I think Tesla's a lot like Bitcoin. You could you could actually make a living just trading that one one asset. Yeah, the volatility sure. is there. I think that I think the average volume is like thirty million. Like twenty five yeah. is like I think twenty five is the average.
1: Yeah. So you never have liquidity problems or anything,
0: right? <laughs> no. And it's an eight hundred dollars stock. Like, I know it's nuts. I don't have that kind of bankroll. <laughs> 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 it's just madness look at their performance man this is like ridiculous this is this is why i buy it though it's not because the volatility because this is just astronomical like the last company to do this was was literally amazon Mm. to go from negative to not just positive but like ridiculously positive like how do you go from six seven hundred million to 5.5 billion that was last year yeah like it's just this company's on a roll gotta tell them to hurry up and make my cyber truck i've been waiting for two years <laughs> you know what do you, um the, the the chances of it is uh getting higher now because um so texas is open they made their one millionth uh 8, 4680 battery cell which is what your truck needs so okay. if they made the main cell then that means the cell is no longer the issue it's just a matter of buying the raws if, if the resources are there then they can make the batteries do
1: they have any issue with like chip
0: shortages and stuff anymore or no so they do, but what they've been doing was they'll buy chips made for other things, rewrite the firmware, and repurpose it for uh, their cars.
1: Okay.
0: Which is something that most other car companies can't do because they're not software people. Right, right. So that's how they've, they've avoided it, which is genius. Um, okay, yeah, because last I heard, I think it was
1: supposed to be like the beginning of 2023, probably. Because I've like, gotta figure got to figure they'd send all their orders to the States first before they come to Canada anyways. Uh,
0: what do you mean for the, uh, the trucks? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the states will get it first and then they'll probably come to Canada after and then go overseas and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um yeah. but yeah. Yeah, they they're, So I I was just watching a little off topic. I was just watching them tear down a model S Plaid. Hmm. And um get the, so like this is why the Tez is so ahead. The guy that ripped apart the motor, his mind was blown and he is a high very high level engineer that used to work for almost every major automaker. And now he runs a, um, a consulting firm, and they'll buy his reports for a million bucks each to read what he says. And he's, so that's why he's tearing down the Tesla, the model plaid. And he says, Tesla did something very unique they, they, they've never seen before with, the, bat, with, the, um, sorry, with the, uh, the magnets in the motor, and it basically gave the motor uh, 25% more torque and power, even though it's the same components as basically a Model 3. They just they they know they know material sciences and even like um, mag- magnetic whatever that that science that field is they know that so well or they've learned it so well that they've designed this motor to be 25% more torque and then they wrapped it in um, carbon fiber because apparently when it's at full speed it just wants to tear itself apart like the inertia just like it just wants to blow up so then Jeez. they wrapped Jeez. it in carbon fiber so so Tesla's insane because they have zero gears right it's just one yeah. so then you're going like 30,000 rpm at full speed The plow's the one that does zero to sixty in like a second or something, right? One point nine nine, supposedly. Yeah, that's insane. A little bit unsure, like like you need to rocket ship. (laughs) No, that's the next one. That's the next one. I was, I was telling Sam. I was telling Sam, like, why would you put? So they have this thing called uh, launch control, right? Uh, for the for the uh, the Model S. So basically, because it's got air suspensions, the front tires lower, the back tires go up higher. They call it they call it the cheetah stance. And then so, and then you put you put um you put your foot fully on, on the gas and on the brake at the same time and it's got a countdown and it tell you tells you when it, when 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 it's ready to go. And then when you let go the brake, it just does the two second thing, right? Okay. And then I was talking to Sam I'm like why would you put something like that in a four-door sedan that's like five thousand pounds? I mean, that's cool. It's it's cool. But why would you do that? Yeah. It's because the one that it's because they're testing. Because if you've, the one thing that I've always noticed about Tesla is that they don't do anything without a reason. And so if this feature is in this car, it's because they're testing it for the actual launch, which is the Roadster. Okay. Like, imagine if you could do this with a 5,000-pound four-door. What can you do with a two-door made to be a, uh, you know? Have you be so have- much I
1: man. I'd love that something like that. Even the Cybertruck. Isn't it like the, the, the tri-motor yeah. Cybertruck? Isn't that zero to 60 in like two and a half seconds or something ridiculous? I'm yeah, it's like... Pickup truck,
0: <laughs> it's like twice as fast as mine. Like my mine's already giving me like little. Yeah. Let tell you, I had to put mine on like there's a, there's modes. It's like you know comfort mode and whatever. I had to yeah. put mine on like sport mode, which is super stiff. Because when I accelerate, I'm like oh, shit. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's awesome, man. How fast is that one go? Zero to sixty, now you know. Zero to a hundred and five point five. I don't know what that ends up being in zero to sixty
1: that's so fast man i used to have a chall- a dodge challenger did zero to 60 in five.
0: <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's um i gotta tell you it's been pretty nice uh, being on the road and like um when you especially on the highway when you really need to overtake somebody there's like yeah. no fear no anxiety no nothing just like see ya yeah
1: yeah that's nice man i like that. that was what i miss about having my car is like just that power to be able to get around someone quick if you need to is nice
0: yeah. You know what? I would love to see what your um, thoughts are, because I've never driven anything really fast before, right? So I have no thing for comparison. Yeah. But the thing that throws people off about this car, I think, is, like, the speed is one thing, but because it's electric, everything's, like, instant response. And, like, you know how with, like, combustion engines, everything, everything's everything got to be a little bit of delay, it's got to work up, build up to the power, right? Yeah. This one feels like you're connected, like you're literally just, it knows your thoughts. The second you think it, it moves, it does it. It's, like, ridiculous that's
1: awesome I love that man it's like it's the same kind of thing as like that's that's one of the reasons I like snowmobiles so much man it's cause like they have the centrifugal clutch so it's the same thing like you just hammer the gas and it's just pure power right through love how it how much they go? Uh, um,
0: mine will do like 180 maybe something like that they go pretty uh, fast 180 kilometers? yeah are you strapped in there? no man you're just hanging on for dear life <laughs> It's a
1: blast. Yeah, me and my wife were on it the other day, and we we got we went we had like a big open field. We got up to like 130 with the two of us on it. <laughs> how the fuck did it do that in the snow? Jeez. Oh, they fly, man. They go like they go accelerate like real fast. I don't it's know what like kind it. of horsepower they have, but like the new ones are like the new like turbocharged ones are insane. They're like 1200 CCs turbocharged. I don't know how much horsepower they have, but they're like they're like rocket ships, man.
0: You know, 1200 cc's is like uh yamaha r1 it's like it's like it's it's like a racing motorcycle oh yeah they're insane yeah. The, so is that normal it? speed for them or is that like uh you got like a high-end one no it's like a
1: mine's like a 90s like it's an
0: old like ghetto one i just used it buzzing around the house wait that's yeah. the one you bought recently right
1: yeah So we also have Wow. Does the
0: yeah, it says here like some of the new snowmobiles have like over 200 horsepower, which is ridiculous because you're not strapped. You're a single person. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's, ter-
1: it's terrifying. That was actually oh, how thing. I broke a chunk. That's how I broke my spine when I was younger, man. I was uh, I was going across the lake and I was doing like I was doing like 180, 190 or something like that on my sled, and I had the, my dirt bike helmet on with the visor, and it was like an old snowmobile that I had all like tweaked out. And uh, it had like the big old school windshield on it. So I was like ducked down behind the windshield, and the windshield buckled just from the wind pressure. And it caught my visor on my helmet and it whipped my head back and gave me whiplash so bad I actually cracked a vertebrae on my neck.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, it hurt like hell. (laughs) It was fun though. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't understand that man. Like, my so my best friend and his older brother that I grew up with, they they always had like a need for speed. His older brother always had a fast car. Cam always had a fast car. Cam crashed every car he's ever owned, by the way. Oh my uh, god! And then and they had motorcycles. And then I I rode one once. It was a CBR, and I and I dropped it. And I was like, I have no need for this speed. And like and like I know people that have had bikes. And, Like th- there's not a single person that doesn't have a story where it's like I crashed. I crashed. It's always like it's inevitable.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he, well, I raced motocross for years. I love it, man. My dad's the same way. Like, he, he had the R8 for ages. Like, he let me drive that thing when I was, like, 16. That was a blast. And uh, he just the boat he just bought does, like, 110 miles an hour, like, brand new Eliminator. Wait, wait, wait. The Audi R8? Yeah. When you were 16? Yeah. Oh, you bastard. That was awesome. He's, like, he comes up to me the one day. It was, like, a Thursday night when my mom was, like, off hanging out with her friends. So he just, like, comes into the room. He's, like, hey, I got to go get gas in the car. You want to come? I was like, yeah, of course I want to come. And he's just like, you want to drive? I was like, yes, I want to drive. (laughs) It was the funniest thing because the windows are all tinted. So we we drove up to the gas station and like, it was like 10 o'clock at night or something. I get out of the car and start filling it up. And there's like a bunch of people at the gas station looking at me. I like, you know, this little 16 year old kid. And like, they couldn't see that anybody else was in the car. So I'm just kind of staring at me like, what the hell does this kid do? (laughs) It's like, it's not mine. Don't worry. I have
0: no money. (laughs) Oh, man. That's, oh, that's so nice. So your dad's into cars then?
1: Yeah, yeah he's, always, yeah, he's always had
0: stuff like that.
1: Wow.
0: Oh, listen, man, we like going fast. That's why I'm trying to be a really good trader so I can buy a lot of stupid toys. So, see, this explains your trading style. You like <laughs> This is yeah, you I, I, like, I, like, I like quick stuff, man. Well, I worked for, I worked for,
1: what, five minutes on uh, Friday and made, like, $400? <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, Friday was a good day for you, eh? Well, Thursday and Friday were good days for me, man. Which is funny because those are reversal days. Like they weren't. Like you didn't make most of it shorting, right? Uh, no, I made. Yeah, I made. Uh, well, my
1: my like day trades were shorting, like my really quick ones. The other ones were long. Yeah. You know what I want to like, learn though. I I, so there's uh, you know that guy on Twitter. Um, what's his name? Fuck, I can't remember the the guy that I that I told you to follow. All day faders, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, no, I you
1: want to do options? Yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to trade options, but I want to understand them for like, for, oh. like large. So because like like I, I, like with all the expiries and stuff like that, like he's got like this Thursday through Friday rule. I haven't looked into it enough, but like basically like every Thursday through Friday, he just has this rule based on whatever stock it is that it'll just trend in a specific direction. So it's like, oh yeah, it's like my Thursday through Friday rule again. So like, you know, I just do this every week. I, like because the first time I saw the I saw a bunch of guys doing it was on uh, AMC. Cuz like when AMC was like way up in the 60s, it was literally like every Thursday and Friday it would do the same thing. It would just trend down in the same direction. He's like, "Oh, this is great." You'd like, you know, everybody talks about it, it's going up, it's going up, and then he's just like, "All right, time to sell some calls." And then, you know, he just makes his money Thursday through Friday. He's like, man, I've done this eight weeks in a row. And I, like, I don't even have to pay attention anymore.
0: I think uh, I've read a couple of those. I think it's because of retail, because um, they're fucking idiots. So Thursday and Friday, I think the market for those stocks go down because the professional traders are closing out their positions for the weekend. Right. So it naturally saws right. off towards the end of the day. And then when that sell off happens, I think retail um, starts dumping their, um, their options. So then he gets them for cheap, or they start, or they start buying um puts, which which he'll sell to them, right? Right. But but if he sells some puts at at a low and it rebounds next week, then those puts are fucking worthless. He just got free yeah. money. So yeah. I've read I've read him doing that stuff. I'm like, I I understand what he's doing, but I have no idea how to do it. I just I'm just in awe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Options are one of those things. Like because like one of the one of the guys that I that I follow too that trades options, he always trades. He always trades that Friday expiry. So he like, he said, if it's, if it's the Friday, he said he might trade the next Friday, but he never does like Monday, Wednesday expiries. He always does the Friday expiry of that week. And um, he always trades like, he, he trades from like the stock chart, but he just, he trades the options. So like he, he day trades, like he'll intraday trade, like, you know, within the first half hour, hour of the day, but he, he does it with options. So he'll just look at the chart and he'll like, he looks at the chart the same way that I look at the chart and his entries and exits are based on like what I would use for entries and exits, but he's just doing it through options. Cause he's getting different premiums. He's getting better, better returns. So like, he'll look at, he'll look at like a large cap, for example, like say something like Apple where it's got like a big volume or earnings day or whatever, and it's moving. And um, like on the options he'll get, uh, you know, it might be like $3 and 40 cents. And then based on, based on if it's going to move a dollar, that option might move like 30 cents or 40 cents, right? So like where I might trade a small cap and I might short something and try and make 30 or 40 cents. He's just, he's playing Apple, for example. And if it moves a dollar, then he's going to make his, you know, 30 or 40 cents on the option side of it.
0: The thing is, um, I've tried that and they must, they they definitely found something that I can't figure out. But so I tried that. The thing is, I've noticed is options are a lot um, more patient because, the options buyers generally know that um, stocks are volatile, right? So I think maybe that's why he only does the Friday ones because knowing that it expires, then he knows people will sell. Because when I play options, I'm doing at least a, at least a month, two months out. And so, like if the stock dips, people know, oh, I got the rest of the month to recover. So why would I sell at this price? So then I never yeah. get my fills. So maybe that's yeah. why he does the Fridays. Yeah, it's pretty. There's so many different ways to get into
1: it, man. I, I honestly yeah. just have not had the t- the free time of day to. To learn about it, but it is something that's on my list that I want to start looking into a lot more. Cause like I feel like I feel like especially for large caps, like if you're trying to trade like shorter term swings over like a week or two weeks, like I feel like really knowing the options market would give you a massive advantage because you can see when all those expiries are coming up. You can see like where the volume is and what everybody's trading and what everybody's expecting is gonna happen. Like that's why I follow a lot of options pages because like I can see stuff, you know, where like guys will post like, oh, the you know, say it's like a month from now, like all oh, the March, like end of March, um, you know, call volume or something is like through the roof. It's super bullish right now. The stock's at two hundred dollars, and all these calls are, you know, basically expecting it to sp- expire in a month at two hundred and fifty dollars. So like, I don't know anything really about options, but at least I can look at that and be like, okay, like I look at the chart and think like, okay, this is a good dip buy, and it kind of gives me a little bit more confidence knowing that all these other people are behind it, kind of thinking the same thing on the option side.
0: So I think you might actually be really good at options because you love data. And like when I first started investing, I, I stumbled upon this channel. Um, they're called Tasty Trade now. I forgot what they are called back in the day. They ended up selling their platform to TD.
1: Um,
0: yeah. So they ended up selling their original platform to TD. Um, but they are like the original options traders from like the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. They were those, you know, open open outcry guys. And then they do just options now. And then the way they play is they're like almost neutral to whatever direction the options go. They just use math and they use statistics to find out what range it plays in. And then they'll sell out of uh, sell options out of those ranges. Right. Mm -hmm. So on the off chance that it gets in the range, I might suffer one loss, but generally speaking, you know, they're like a probability kind of guy, you know, I'll win like, I'll win like seven out of 10 kind of thing. Right. And that's, yeah, that's what they do.
1: Yeah. I think, I think if I ever
0: had the time, like if ever was like a full-time
1: trader or something like that, that's, that's probably the next thing that I would get into is like really trying to break down options and really trying to learn that that whole side of things because I feel like that's just like it just gives you such an upper hand on the large cap side of things, especially. because like small caps, like the stuff that I do, honestly, like like most people look down on it. And most people think it's gambling and like it's just really sketchy and you never know what's gonna happen. But like the reality is like things move super fast. So like if you're not careful, you can absolutely screw yourself over in like literally seconds, which is like, you know, it scares a lot of people. But as far as like, as far as like the actual understanding of like broader markets and the economy and all that kind of stuff, it's super minimalistic, which is really nice. Like you literally, it's not tracking the broader markets. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Like you can literally just look at one stock, watch one stock on your screen Know a little bit of the fundament, fundamentals, a little bit of the news, and that's all you have to pay attention to. Like you don't have to have the S and P up over here. You don't have to have the news station in the background. Like you don't have to have all this this other information coming in. It's really, it's really specifically focused, which is what I like the most about it.
0: It's mostly technicals.
1: Yeah, it's mostly technical. It's mostly based on price action. Um, fundamentals do play a role for sure because there is stuff that that invalidates. Uh, certain setups based on the fundamentals but like for the most part it's it's a relatively simple system it's just a lot of people a lot of people just get caught up in the greed and they can't like they can't handle the the volatility of it because it is the most volatile stuff that you can play right so it scares a lot of people like you kind of get those like deer in the headlight moments where like you're sitting there and you know you you buy something at five dollars and then all of a sudden you blink and it's down at four dollars and 20 cents like it's like remember that one i showed you a few weeks back it was like, yeah. I had shorted it. It was just, it was just complete luck, but it like, I can't remember the price, but it was something like, it It was just like trending up to like 280, 290. And like, I was kind of shorting a little bit into that. And then literally like less than a second, like I, I, I couldn't even see it happen so fast. It went from like 280 down to 220, like just this big fat red candle, all the bids were gone. And I was just like, I was just like, oh shit. And I just like hit my, <laughs> hit my cover key. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was trying to make like 20 cents. I ended up making like 80 or something. Right. So. Oh, like shit. that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that scares the hell out of people. Because if you're too big on something like that, like it can it can just kill you.
0: It reminds me a lot of the um the altcoins in crypto sphere. I was going to say like that was the most vol. What you do is the most volatile until the crypto sphere came out with those shitcoins. coins, and right. then that became. And I think and then I think what you did become very became very respectable. <laughs> 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 but um, but like but like in the same way like the altcoins fundamentals about bitcoin about econ- economics doesn't matter at all it's literally like how tuned in are you to like the pump like you have to be on the forums you're reading this you're following that guy on youtube it's just like that's all that matters yeah
1: yeah that's exact it's exactly the same thing it's crazy yeah it's man. funny yeah let right, I I probably, probably wrap this up or...
0: yeah. let's wrap it up let's wrap it okay. up this. i think was a pretty good one yeah man Went a few rants there probably got a little sidetrack talking about cars <laughs> i i i think most people are car guys so i don't think they mind at all that's true i feel like every guy is a car guy to some degree i don't really care much
1: for cars but i like to go fast
0: <laughs> you know what i didn't think i was a car guy funny enough until i got them the 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 electric and then funny yeah. enough i got into the combustion engine cars i'm I'm watching like the history of freaking um, um mercedes right now i went through the history of bmw like the I don't like the companies or the cars too much, but I love the engineering, the science behind it. It's just fascinating. Yeah. Like the guy, it's problem solving, right? How they got over this problem. Just like, what? You tipped the engine 45 degrees and it did what? Like, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That's like right up your alley, man. Like look at your, look at your freaking house back there. It's just like tinkering <laughs> stuff everywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, once it's more set up, I'll maybe I'll do like a little look around. Yeah. I should do like a quick little like video of the chaos yeah 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 for sure for sure all right
1: guys tuning in yeah yeah we'll catch you uh catch you next week again hopefully we we learned you something (laughs) (laughs) if not
0: we made you laugh yeah see you later